You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson, back in action, talking all things Texas A&M, and guess what? Every single team has a trap game. Whether that was early on in the season or whether it was later in the season, it doesn't really matter because of today's episode, we're going to be breaking down all the remaining trap games and how AM has the best chance to make it into the college football playoff as one of the top four seats. Guys, before we begin, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show and I love public feedback. Anything you can do to help make this a more quality sounding podcast every single day, give me a follow. We're on Monday through Friday. I will add it into the repertoire to make sure we get more coverage out for you exactly of what you want. Secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12th Man related content found here on LOP. You can subscribe on iTunes, Listen on Spotify if you can't do any of that. Listen live every single day, every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. So Texas A&M right now is sitting as the number five seed in college football. What that means is when the college football playoff rankings come out next week, if everything is exactly how it will be, the Alabama Crimson Tide will come in as the number one seed. The number two seed will more than likely be Notre Dame. Number three will be Ohio State. Even though they've played less games, they've looked promising in each snap. And number four will be Clemson, who comes in with their first loss after losing in double overtime to the Fighting Irish in South Bend, Indiana. Number five is going to be Texas A&M. And number six is going to be Florida, who got a monumental win at the largest cocktail party in the South against Georgia. I think this is the very first time in the Dan Mullen era they've actually won this game as well. Going into week number, I want to say it's now 10, but it's really week 8 for the SEC. Now after those names, you have to consider the likes of the names of Cincinnati. You have to consider the likes of BYU. Uh, I would even say Miami's in that list. Maybe Wisconsin's in that list. And definitely, I believe, you would put either Northwestern or Indiana and Oregon in that list to round out somewhere in your top 10. Now, these are the teams that when you really break it down, look to be the true contenders for a college football playoff spot. So today's show, what we're going to do is going to break down every single schedule and see where that trap game is for each team and how A&M can win out. So let's just go with the most simple analogy and start with the Aggies right here. For Texas A&M, To go to the college football playoff, first off, they have to win their next four games. They have to beat Tennessee this upcoming weekend as long as the game has been played. If not, due to COVID-19 regulation, they will move the game to December 12th. It will be their final game on the schedule. After that, they go next week and they play at home against the Ole Miss Rebels. After that, they'll play host to the struggling LSU Tigers before going on the road to Jordan-Hare to face off against the likes of Auburn on December 5th. They have to win all four games to still be in consideration because of all these other teams that are sitting with one-loss records. And some of them aren't even one-loss records. Some are undefeated. You have a Cincinnati team that's 6-0. You have a BYU team that's 8-0. But they play in lesser conferences, which means they're going to be a little lower on the list. You have an Indiana team that's 3-0. But then you also have a team like, I would say, Oklahoma State, who's sitting at 5-1. Then you also have a team 
such as SMU, who's sitting at 7-1. You also have Florida, who's sitting at 6th place, who's sitting at 4-1. Now, again, their schedule is going to be a little bit more confusing. They're going to close out the year against the likes of LSU come December 12th because of their COVID outbreak that happened the week after they faced off against A&M. So, it's just another one of those stipulations to where you don't really know what's going to happen. But, no matter what, with Georgia now sitting at 4-2, and two, for Florida to win, they can lose one more game but win out, and they would hold the tiebreaker over Georgia to go to the SEC Championship. Now, for Alabama, of course, they have to lose a game for A&M to get in, and they also really would have to lose to an opponent that A&M has already beaten. So when you look at Alabama's schedule, they've already faced off against Tennessee. They've already faced off against Mississippi State. They've already faced off against Ole Miss. The only team that's left for them to face that A&M could beat, that they could lose to, is either Arkansas or Auburn, which would be at the end of the year on uh, November 28th or December 5th. That doesn't seem very likely, even though Arkansas has improved immensely going into this season. So what then has to happen is A&M would have to go into this game on December 12th, either as the representative of the SEC West at Mercedes-Benz in the SEC Championship, or hope that Alabama gets the win. Because if Alabama loses to Florida and the, everything remains the same, so every, every score remains the same, both teams would finish at 10-1, while AM would finish at 9-1. Why is that important? Because 10-1 means Alabama was undefeated throughout the season, but lost in the conference title game. Florida remained undefeated outside of their AM loss, and they now are the SEC champions. By ruling... You can't keep out the SEC champions, which means Florida would get the nod as either the one, two, three, or four seed, whatever you want to do. And you'd also have Alabama now fighting not only AM, but also a team like Notre Dame, also a team like Clemson for that number three or four spot. AM would lose that tiebreaker because they lost to Alabama. And even though that's their only loss on the year, it's a loss to a team that played in the SEC title game and their only loss came to Florida. So AM has to hope that they can pull this out. Where is AM's trap game though? I look at their schedule and I think it's actually not this week. A lot of people are saying, oh, well, why is it not Tennessee? Well, Tennessee got boat raced a couple of days ago by the good old likes of Arkansas, who they beat 42 31. I truly believe the trap game is in two weeks at home when they face off against Ole Miss. Now, they're going to come into this in the Power Index ranking at 81.5% to win this game. But you look at how these two teams match up. The difference is points allowed per game defensively. They're pretty close everywhere else. Points per game, both have over 30. Actually, Ole Miss leads 38-33. to Total yards per game, Ole Miss leads there too, 541 to 443. Passing yards per game, Ole Miss leads there, 325 to 254. Rushing yards per game, Ole Miss still leads there, 215 to 189. Yards allowed is where AM takes the lead. 
338 versus 533. Ole Miss's secondary is rough. Now, what's even better is they allow more passing yards, which is a good sign for Kellen Mond, and they allow an immense amount of rushing yards, which is good for the three-headed monster known as Devon on Shane, Isaiah Spiller, and Anias Smith. But Matt Coral has had a fantastic year. He's done for 1,846 yards, 18 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. Against Kellen Mond, 1,468 yards, 16 touchdowns, 2 interceptions. But again, a lot of it's also been on the ground, and they have a good running back in Cherryon early. If the defense plays well against the Aggies, Ole Miss can easily win this game. And Ole Miss, even though they're sitting at 2-4 in the SEC, they're easily the best 2-4 team. So it's not like you can sleep on this team. And they do have two quarterbacks who both can win in situations with Coral and John Reese Plumley. This is the trap game. I think LSU is out because of all the injuries they've suffered, all the players they've lost, all the you know, all the coordinators they've lost. They're out of the conversation. I think Auburn's a tricky game, but I think Auburn is going to be slowed down the week before after playing against Alabama. And they're going to be taking all their aggression out on the Crimson Tide in the Iron Bowl. I'm not sure they're going to be there when A&M comes to town. And Tennessee? It's Tennessee. I mean, they're just kind of here at this point. There's not really a positive or a negative spin when you look at Tennessee. But Ole Miss. Ole Miss may not want to be a team that is considered, you know, super fantastic or anything. But they are a team that can be considered a spoiler. They almost ruined Alabama's perfect season. And they can probably be the team to ruin this moment for good old AM if they really want to. This is AM's trap game, far and away. And I have no doubt in my mind that this will be one of the toughest games AM plays on their schedule this upcoming season. I'll tell you what's extremely tough life in general. Do you ever feel like you're always just on the go, 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 and it's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time? Between work, friends, family, and a million different social issues that you have to meet, it feels like you have to be on 24-7. And when you do get a time to relax, you always want to go ahead and grab an ice-cold beverage. Now, I recommend every single time you grab a beer that's made to chill, and that's why you grab a Coors Light. Coors Light wants you to know that no matter what sport is on this fall, Saturdays are made for your time to chill. It doesn't matter what team or sport is playing. Coors Light is the official beer of watching any sport for Texas A&M. Just get your beer, flip through the channels, find a sport, crack it open, and drink that ice-cold Coors Light. I know when I get home from work every single day... I am under a lot of pressure, and when I have time to actually sit back and drink a beer, I like drinking one that I know is going to be ice cold, and with the blue mountains on the bottle, it says my beer is as cold as the Rocky Mountains. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind, so when you want to hit your reset button, grab the beer that's literally made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com from the great people of the Coors Brewing Company in Golden, Colorado. And never forget... Celebrate responsibly. Guys, this episode of Locked on Aggies is brought to you by Built Bar. Now, you know Built Bar for their 12 original flavors, including peanut butter, banana bread, salted caramel, and double chocolate. Now you got six brand new flavors that kind of mix and combine the flavors, including caramel brownie, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and cookies and cream. These bars are actually covered in 100% chocolate, so they're really more like chocolate bars than they are protein bars, and they're soft and easy to chew. They're great for someone who is a health-conscious guy because they can help you lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. 
The bars are low calorie, low sugar, high in protein, high in fiber, and great for someone on the keto diet. I know my favorite flavor for a while has been peanut butter. And with 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugars, 5 grams of net carbs, I'm not going to find a product like this to help me maintain my weight anywhere else on the shelves. So go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your next order. That promo code is Locked On for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Whether you just need a snack to get you through your day or you just need a nice, delicious treat, grab the one that meets all your needs at BuiltBar.com. Locked On Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Paul Thompson in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, let me get your opinion on something. We love quality podcasts surrounding your favorite sports teams. If so, why not listen to a Locked On Podcast? The Locked On Podcast Network has over two dozen college sports shows, plus every team covered the MLB, NHL, NBA, NFL, and highlight information to get you geared up and win at your fantasy football league. Subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day on LockedOnPodcast.com. So, trap games for every team, for AM to be successful this year. Let's just go down the list and start it off with the big boys, and that's going to be, of course, Alabama. You know what their trap game is. Everyone knows what their trap game is because it's the same trap game we see every single season. It's the Iron Bowl. It's always the Iron Bowl. And it has to be the Iron Bowl because of this is a prove-it game. This is a game, when you look at the paper, you go, just throw it away. Whoever's going to win is going to win this game. They're going to come out on top. We're going to come out on bottom. And this is either going to hurt us or help us immensely. Last season, Alabama was not out of the college football playoff race until they lost this game. And Bo Nix, who has struggled in his past two years, played just enough well to get by and beat this team. Mac Jones, who made his first real, real start. Let's just get that out of the way. Because if he played, what was it, Chattanooga or, or, uh, or Nichols State or something like that the week before. And he came in in the second half against Mississippi State. This was his first real start. He had a very good game. And Jalen Waddell had a fantastic game. Four touchdown game. Jalen Waddell's not going to be there this year. So for Alabama, they're going to have to rely on Devontae Smith. They're going to have to rely on John Mechie. They're going to have to rely on For- uh, on Forrest Millstall. They're going to have to rely on a lot of different players and that defense to really step up against Gus Malzahn's team. And also have a break. I mean, honestly, they're going to have to have a break come against them. Let's go look at Notre Dame at number two. Boston College is a smart pick, but I actually still think it's going to be UNC. I think UNC, with what they have in Sam Howell, what they have in their run game, uh, with the likes of uh, Javante Williams, what they have on offense, really matches up well for, I think, overall against this Notre Dame team. They're 5-2. They both score a ton of points, and both their defenses are playing very well. I mean, you look at this. Both are allowing 14.6 points per game, and one's allowing 27.6 points per game. They're both averaging over 450 yards of total offense, and both defenses are just doing enough to allow less than 400 yards of defense. So, they're allowing a lot of defensive points, but again, it's not as if you're not seeing something very similar on Notre Dame's side. In fact... It's the rushing yards per game that is playing in a and I mean, that's playing in Notre Dame's favor. 85.1 rushing yards allowed per game on average for the Fighting Irish. 
148.3 rushing yards per offense per game by the Tar Heels. Passing-wise, they only are separated by about 20 yards. Sam Howell is a really sound quarterback. He's done a fantastic job in his second year under the Mac Brown system. So it's not as if he can't play this game well. Notre Dame, I do believe, can stumble somewhere along the way. This is the game I think that they will stumble immediately. Now, let's go to Ohio State. This one's a little tricky because Ohio State, they've looked just really dang good. They have, and I'm not going to deny it. They may only have 3-0 and on their record, but they're playing very well. Their trap game is coming in two weeks, though, and it's coming to Indiana. I don't know why people are continuing to sleep on Indiana, but Michael Penix Jr. is a fantastic quarterback. Seven touchdowns, one interception, 750 passing yards through um, through three games this year. He's second in the Big Ten behind, you guessed it, Justin Fields, 100, 908 yards, 11 touchdowns on the year. Both are averaging more than 35 points per game. Both defenses are meeting kind of right in the middle. Uh, 25.7 points per game versus 23 points per game. And I use it on a historic run this year. This is the first time they've beaten a top 10 team in uh, in Bloomington with Penn State. This is the first time they've beaten Michigan in over in almost 30, over 30 years. My bad, 1987. And they're playing very sound football on both sides of the ball. The difference between these two schools, and maybe it's because of the offenses, but... It's the total yards per game. I mean, Ohio State almost has 200 more yards per game than the Hoosiers do. That doesn't mean that they're not playing, they're not going to have, you know, a close game because you have to look at all their other games. They allowed Rutgers to come back, who also Indiana allowed to come back. And they allowed Penn State to bring them down to the wire, which they had to go to overtime to decide that game up in Bloomington. So it's not like this is one of those games where you cannot see a team probably stumble. But at the same time, I look at this overall. This is the one game I think you could see Ohio State drop. And in an eight-game schedule, you have to be undefeated to at least be considered in that conversation realm. Or your loss has to come to another team that also has one loss... And has put up dominating numbers like this. Unfortunately, Indiana hasn't put up dominating numbers. They put up quality numbers, but nothing special. But they put up good numbers. Tom Allen's turned this program around into a 3-0 contender. And they're ranked in the top 10 for the first time, I think, in the in the AP era, if I'm not mistaken. This is the first time they're ranked in the top 10. So good for them. But they're not clobbering teams. They got a sound win over Michigan. They had to go to overtime against uh, Penn State, and they almost allowed Rutgers to come back and beat them. It's not a game that where you can go, oh, Ohio State, they almost beat this team. No, no, it's not that. We got four more teams to break down. Who are they? Don't go whatever. We'll be breaking down the names in just a quick moment. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. Coach Thompson and the Dragon Seat talking about things such as a and Guys, make sure you follow me on social media at Mr. Coach Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. Let's go! For Clemson, there is no trap game. There really isn't. I I, I, I want to say, if I had to pick one, I would say the closest would be Virginia Tech. 
They're very close in points allowed. They're very uh, close in points per game. They're very close in yards allowed. They're very close in uh, total yards. They're very close in uh, rushing yards. In fact, they're actually better at rushing the ball than Clemson is. But you look at the rest of their games of their schedule. You have a Florida State team that is not good. You have a Pitt team that I think is definitely overrated, and you have Virginia Tech. And the only reason you lost to Notre Dame, which would have been their trap game, is because of, unfortunately, you did not have your starting quarterback in Trevor Lawrence in. You're going to have Trevor Lawrence back. That kind of really ends that conversation, in my opinion, at least. That doesn't mean that I don't think that they can't lose a game, but it's going to be really, really hard for them to lose a game. Going into Florida, who's their trap game? I really want to say Arkansas, but it's not. It's Kentucky. I think Kentucky's playing a lot better than people are giving them credit for. I think because of their sitting with a record that is at 2-4, and four, nobody's really giving them credit. They don't really have a great passing offense, but they have a decent running, running attack. I think that that's also been where the trouble is. You look at both these teams on passing yards allowed. They've each allowed an average of over 200, but when you look at it a little bit more, They've also allowed almost the exact same amount in rushing yards. So when you break all that down and the way Florida played the last two weeks over uh, Missouri and over UGA, I think that it's really hard to put another team in there. I, I just can't go with Arkansas. I feel like Arkansas has been a really sound team. But if Sam Pittman's not coaching this upcoming weekend because if he did get the Rona, it's, it's just a thing that happens. Coaching matters. And Pittman's been the reason this team has been successful. Not Kendall Bryles. And even though Barry Odom, I think, has done a good job, I don't think anything else you've seen from him kind of is going to help you get to that level. When I look at Cincinnati, there is no trap game. Because they play in the AAC. You have ECU, who is struggling. You have UCF, who, surprisingly, actually, no surprise, they're sitting at 4-2. They're kind of out of the conversation. And they've already beaten the likes of the teams that they need to beat. They beat SMU 42-13. They beat Memphis 49-10. to And they beat Houston 38-10. Who are statistically one of the better teams in the AAC. You have Temple, who is sitting at 1-4. You have ECU, who if I'm not mistaken, is either sitting at 1-4 as well, or they're sitting at 1-5. Where are they at? 1-5? You don't have many teams left to beat. Cincinnati's just playing really good football, and they have since they played against Austin Peavy in week two, in week one, and when they beat Army in week two. But that's really it. I mean, they have to win out, and they have to hope that a lot of other things happen for them to kind of make it into this college football conversation. Same with BYU. They don't have a trap game left. Their trap game was last week against Boise State. They beat the crap out of Boise State. They have two more games left. They have a game in two weeks against um, University of Northern Arizona, I want to say it is, and then San Diego State, and they're done. They're going to be 10-0. Now, is there going to be a convincing 10-0? Probably not, but they're going to be 10-0. Then you have Miami, who actually does have a trap game left. I'll give them that. They do. And to me, that is either Virginia Tech or it's UNC. Again, both these two schools can knock them off. You look at the way that the rushing attack of Miami has played this year, and it's not that good. I mean, they're averaging 170 yards per game versus 277. 
Derek King is the only reason why I believe this team will actually have a shot of winning this game. They have less yards for, they allow, uh, they allow less yards, good for them, but they can't stop the run, they cannot stop the pass into the secondary, and they're both scoring an average of over 34 points per game. The only difference between these two is when you look at the points allowed per game. It's 25 for Miami. It's 32 for Virginia Tech. They can allow 32 points if you score 45. I mean, that's just kind of how it is. Finally, one more team. I'm going to go with Indiana. Who is their trap game? I know I said it was going to be the likes of um, Ohio State for one. It's not for them. It's Maryland. Maryland is just a team that is around, but they're around in a good way. And that's because they have Talia Tagovailoa. I mean, they're averaging 27 points per game. The problem is their defense is allowing 35 points per game, but they're out uh, they're outscoring um, Indiana in points, in total yards per game, in yards allowed per game, in passing yards, in rushing yards, in every category. The only way Indiana is not going to walk away with this game is if the running game can pick it up. If the running game can be there, I think this gives Indiana a shot to be good. But as of right now, I don't see where it does. So A&M has all these different options, and I know that everyone's like, well, why are we not talking about A&M? I'm mentioning all these other options because of all these teams are either undefeated or also have one loss. And if A&M cannot make it to the conference championship against Florida of what it looks like right now, then they have to hope that all these other teams have another loss on their schedule so they can be in the conversation. The only team that can be undefeated and still probably not be in over AM would be Cincinnati. I think they'd give it a BYU because of what Zach Wilson's doing this year and because if he's going to, he's playing like a Heisman. And when you play like a Heisman, there's at least an argument to be made that you deserve to be in the conversation for a college football playoff because people want to see you go on the big stage. But I don't see where the Pac-12 gets in. Especially if any one of them are not undefeated. I don't see where Ohio State can justifiably go, oh, we're going to get in at 7-1. and one. No, you're not. So they got to remain undefeated. And trap games are essential to a team's success. For A&M, their trap game against Ole Miss, I think will decide the season. I'll put money on this right now, and I'll, I'll come back and say this. If A&M beats Ole Miss they will be going to the college football playoff because I think someone's going to drop a game and they're going to be sitting right there and I don't think Florida is going to be able to beat Alabama so they will go to the college football playoff. But if they lose to Ole Miss, they'll be lucky to go to a New Year's Six Bowl. That's going to do for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. Tomorrow's show, we will be talking about the Vols. How are they going to be successful this upcoming week? How are the Aggies going to be able to stop them? Where are some areas that they've struggled this season? We'll break all that down on our very special Steinbolcast episode. We will see you tomorrow. And remember, this has been Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network.